welcome to episode 11 of Movie Mumble, the monthly movie exploration and discussion podcast where we seek to broaden our cinematic horizons. I'm your host, Scott Murray, and I'm joined by my speed freak friends, Joel Lewis Howdy. and Tim Gerard. Hiya. For those of you unfamiliar with Movie Mumble, it's a monthly podcast where we get together, watch a film, then talk about it. The goal is to introduce ourselves to, to new films of any kind, genre, style, theme, whatever. We each take turns picking a film to watch, whether it's one we've seen a million times or one we've never seen before. And watch it together and hope we find some new joys along the way. There are no rules about what type of film we can pick. They can be foreign or domestic, live action or animated, new or old, famous or obscure, anything at all. After we've watched each movie, we just talk about it and then we see where that goes. Uh, we may not talk about the film the entire time. It, you know, tangents and conversations, the way they flow, who knows where we'll end up. Um, that's, that's just it. Uh, at the end of each podcast, we will announce we're, what we're watching next month, so you can sort of watch along with us if you'd like. Uh, keep in mind that for every film we talk about, we might spoil them. Uh, we're not going to go out of our way to spoil the film, but we're not going to withhold any either if the conversation goes that way. So if you're concerned about that sort of thing, watch the film before you listen to its episode. Also, it's... I could almost not say with a straight face, broaden our cinematic horizons this episode, <laughs> because this cycle... As uh, shameless pleasures, so <laughs> oh boy! But I got I got through it. Uh, this month I was our movie selector, and I picked Need for Speed, <laughs> and I feel no no shame as what you no regrets, um, <laughs> regrets. <laughs> so uh, we've got to flip the coin and see who will give the summary. Before we get to that, we have to uh, express our excitement to bring you the very first topless episode. <laughs> topless. <laughs> It's, just, it's very hot in my apartment. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, the air conditioning is, <laughs> is loud, even when it's on, too loud to record with. And besides that, it doesn't work right now anyway. Um, it's supposed to be loud for nothing. So, yes, it would be making a lot of noise for no reason at all. Like uh, every politician on Earth. <laughs> oh! 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 Low-hanging fruit. Scott won. That was the low-hanging fruit. So. <laughs> First of many from the podcast. No, that's next episode. Oh yeah, low hanging fruit episode. Low hanging fruit episode. <laughs> oh, Thanks for God. taking that cue. I know it was clunky. Uh, okay. So Tim is the ultimate yes and man. <laughs> All right, let's get this started, shall we? Uh, I'm flipping, right? Yes, you Movie are. Movie does the coin flip. Joel has once again brought us his wonderful, gorgeous silver dollar. I wish you could see this thing. Do we have a picture we can put next to the episode? Yeah, or something? we can do that. It's sure. just beautiful. Real heavy. I'm, I'm in love with this coin. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I know you're half naked. <laughs> um, <laughs> put it in your prison wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and we're already and talking. And you're dating the podcast. How Fuck you. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh out of sticks. <laughs> so, okay. Picker gets to flip. Next picker gets, to, gets choose. to call. Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna call gotcha. it, Tim. Heads. It is tails. So Joel, who will be describing this film? Tim, that one. Tim Me. Will be describing <laughs> okay. This film. Uh, so, um, what do you think the plot was? <laughs> well, and I almost wish that. It was more horrible, so I could sort of make fun. But but it it, it worked, and and I'm, I'm gonna cheat a little too, because you know Scott had described this film about wanting to go see it and saying, um, you know, I was looking for a movie with a lot of really cool, you know, 
cool cars, cars driving, fast. driving fast, you know, and and maybe a little story to tie it together. Right. Just the bare bones excuses they could right. find to right. string together a scenario and yeah, scenario. To make an excuse, yeah, an excuse to have that was a my race, expectation you know? yeah. when I walked into the theater. And that he was, you know, pleasantly surprised that there was actually a plot that made sense and was engaging, and, and that was exactly it. You know, it's, you know, we we start off with this, uh, you know, without going into too much of the detail, it's like, oh, you know, this son of a, of a, of a was his father a racer too, or was he just a mechanic? A like racer I, and yeah. or a car builder. Yeah. We're, we know he was a car builder. He owned the garage. Yeah. What, who cares? He was important. <laughs> yeah. Important, sort of important requisite movie father yeah. figure. I feel like right. for the first 25 minutes, you could just say... Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of like it was kind of like race, the Incredible right? Hulk, where it was like cool. in the credits, we're going to show you some pictures <laughs> and catch you up, and that's all you need. Um, actually, this movie was kind of a lot like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm driving. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have to talk about Aaron Paul's one of two faces in this whole movie. <laughs> well, sorry, we should yeah, yeah. plot. So, <laughs> so he's you know he's the the son of this this racer and car builder, and he's got his uh, his you know shop with his buddies, and they work on cars, and and you know they've got this kind of like little life, and he's kind of given up the fast lane kind of thing, and then this guy from his past comes up, and he's like, oh. You know, I have this offer for you. I want you to finish rebuilding this car that was, you know, started by this famous car builder who I'd ask Scott about. Um, and you know, who they but, explained like two scenes later, <laughs> not like not when you first mentioned him, right? When they yeah. mentioned him with an important name, you know, huff yeah. to his name. Then just movie keeps going. They yeah. ask me, I go, oh yeah, he's this guy. And then like three scenes later. We get a whole explanation of who right, it was. Yeah. It's like, what, what? Yeah. So maybe that was a tiny flaw in it where it's like, okay, for those of us who, you know, aren't car like, people. Right. Car folk. But uh, so then, you know, he offers him, oh, if you help me rebuild this car and then I sell it, you'll get a quarter of what I get for it and I'll get, I'm going to get at least $2 million for it and this and that. And um, so they, they agree to do it to kind of, you know, to save the shop because they were running out of money and it's like, okay cool we can keep this going they rebuild it it's beautiful the guy ends up you know asking for three million for it and then um you know after they sort of prove that the car can you know hit 230 which was boasted what he boasted for it and is that uh that's what it was right yeah, 230 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah they end up uh you know selling it was a 2.7 million so it was like oh they got more money but then you find out that these two guys the guy who made the offer and uh, Aaron Paul's character are actually like rivals from their past, and they—that was another thing that was kind of cool that they didn't go into detail about exactly what it was. Like you kind of, it kind of gets peppered in. You kind of flesh it out a little bit, but they were like, you know, rivals from back in the day, and now this this other guy is, you know, dating Aaron Paul's character's g old girlfriend. So you're like, okay, maybe that's part of it. Maybe there's more to it than that. This, this, and that. <clears throat> so they end up getting into this race, and tragedy happens and it's the you know the fault of the, the 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 new boyfriend what's his name dino dino i was gonna yeah. say it's something like a dinosaur dino <laughs> dino yeah he ends up you know causing this tragedy but then gets out of it and aaron paul takes the rap goes to jail for two years you know gets out and there's this this big race that gets put on and this sort of rich eccentric guy will like sort of handpick the people who are going to be in it it's and regal 
Yeah, this big illegal race street race. Yeah, yeah, where the winner gets all of the cars that are in the race, and you know, Aaron Paul's like, "Oh, it'd be cool if I could do that." And then the the, the woman shows up, who I think it was like her was it her father or an associate of hers who bought the Mustang from the yeah, beginning. The custom Mustang. Yeah, she shows up with the Mustang and like, "Oh, and you're like, gonna race this car. Yeah, and we'll you're gonna beat him." To be in this race. Yeah, so they go off to California and they have to get across the country and like. 45 hours so even that in, in and of itself is a race just getting across the country and then Dino doesn't want him to be in the race so he puts a bounty on his head so now all these people are chasing him and um, so it's really cool it really kind of you know captured not just like uh, at least for me why I play racing games is to crash the cars you know as, as, as hard and as fast as I can so like it, it was that part of it I really enjoyed because it wasn't just about like yeah get to the finish line as quickly as possible it was like oh man all these people are trying to crash into you and you're trying to crash into them and make them crash and it was it was beautiful and destructive and violent and I loved it um, <laughs> name of your porno yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah so then you know things kind of turn out you know kind of how you want them to but with a few sort of like little twists and turns here that you're not expecting and I'll I'll leave those out for now um, you know kind of you know it has a satisfying ending but also uh, you know they find ways to make it like even more satisfying than you know if you had predicted from the beginning like oh well, I bet he wins the race it's like well you know there's there's something to it but um <laughs> It, it was way more interesting and clever than just he wins the race and every happy ending. You know, like there, there's way more bumps and bruises along the way, may, way more crashed cars, and um, so yeah, it was it was like uh, like I said, it was way more engaging than I was expecting it to be. Like I I'm not a big car guy, but yeah, like I like you know seeing cars drive really fast, and I feel like you know I, I wouldn't watch NASCAR, but like when you're watching a film, like they're perfect purposely making it cinematic. They're making it exciting they're cramming all of this interest into you know however long your average race is what like five minutes or so i mean they seem like they're long because they're really intense but maybe it's only like two minutes and it's like what that was only two minutes it's like if it was five you would you would die <laughs> but um yeah so cool. it, yeah kind of it's it, you know solid all the way through you know it, it, it delivers what it promises and then some cool so, see this movie i'm really satisfied really satisfied <laughs> i'm really glad you liked it i am yeah. I, I just, I'm glad that you had a similar experience that I did. Yeah. Of, I just want the car bits to be cool. Yeah. And I don't care about the rest. And then, oh yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm so glad you had the same reaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I would have, I was expecting almost anyone else I ever showed this movie to, to, to just do. Oh, the car bits are cool, but I don't care about the rest. Right. Mm -hmm. So when they, and especially you guys in particular, feel the same way I did about, oh yeah, it was pretty good. It's like, oh yes, like it's it's, it's this. This great validation yeah for the film too of like you know yeah it wasn't just it was a dumb car movie it wasn't mm -hmm. just another dumb car movie, yeah if that makes sense i don't and, and i mean it's interesting too i wonder if like had you not presented it that way would i've gone through kind of being like oh the plot is really lame like did i only <laughs> enjoy the plot because you had lowered my expectations or yeah. i almost wonder if it was actually just like good like sure. not you know not like you know, Citizen Kane level good, you know, and, and you know, you know, your way of speaking, but like, but it was still good. Like, yeah, like it didn't need to be anything more. It and did it's entirely it was... fair because that was definitely most people's expectations. I think even just when you see the trailer, yeah. your expectation is that the plot is not going to be good because mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have doesn't to, need be. to be. Yeah. <laughs> when we yeah. first started the podcast, we described a scenario of 
the, this is the kind of movie that if you were watching it by yourself, you would get 15 minutes in and stop. Mm-hmm. That's my experience <clears throat> of the beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that we watched it together <laughs> and forced me through to where it starts to shine. Because, th- like I said, that that first half hour or so, yeah. I'm like, That was this, longer than I remember. This is not going to be good. I'm, it's, it's sort of supplemented by that street race. A little bit. Drive-in. Yeah. But I do like, I, I like the aesthetic of that a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of Aaron Paul kind of playing the line between I want to be James Dean, but I'm also Dominic Toretto from Fast and Furious. Like this they, they brooding... Heavy-handedly, the, the drive-in movie they're at is showing bullet. Right. Like, But it's this brooding, quiet, doesn't really talk, but it's kind of awkward and is always looking down at whoever he's talking to, even though he's the shortest person on screen. And <laughs> Except for Pete. It, yeah. So it, it's that. And then Pete's awkward and kind of un, like the the dynamic of those characters really gets better after he comes out of prison mm-hmm. i don't know if that's just prison changing a man or but like like i said i'm 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 glad we were in a position where i wasn't watching this myself because 15 minutes i would have given up and yeah. missed out on some great road rash mm-hmm. and the guy who's gonna I, I, mr robot what's his the actor's name? Rami Malek? Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. That is a fucking brilliant scene when he quits his job yes. and walks out of the <laughs> building naked. Strips. Just so good. Why did you do that? To make sure I never come back here. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. And, and it sort of, so they do weave a few different plot threads together. Mm. Two or three. You know, there's the, the, the scandal about the death of Pete yeah. and the bad blood between Dino and... Toby, 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 Toby. and which gets you know increased by that death, Mm -hmm. and the whole De Leon race, which is hovering in the background. Michael fucking Keaton, yeah, (laughs) made this movie. Yeah, that's another reason. It's like (coughs) Keaton plays the eccentric millionaire who puts on the race and Mm -hmm. just is chewing the fucking scenery, isn't he? (laughs) Just, just as happy as he could be. He didn't even have to be fucking on set for this movie. He no, could have all the sound. He booth. built his own set. They yeah. filmed every one of his scenes there, and they said, "Thank you. Here's your check." Yeah, I'm Batman. <laughs> and out. But yeah, it does. It takes a little time to get off the ground because they're yeah. laying so many of those threads. But then once they pick up, they pick up, and it's mm. it's great. Um, there are things in this that are car guy based things that are just great little nods and touches and things. And then there are definitely Need for Speed specific things that you don't miss. The movie is not made less for missing out on those, which is great. <laughs> um, yeah, like I didn't feel lost at any point because, well, I, yeah, except for that one time, like I said, who's that guy there? So that about? the guy they mentioned, yeah. Kyle Shelby. Oh yeah, explain um, that. For but our that's listeners. <laughs> to do with who was a yeah, he's dead. Was was a famous car builder and especially worked with Ford a lot and, and Shelby Mustangs and whatnot. Um, but that's not even to do with Need for Speed. That's just the car guy thing. Mm-hmm. And then, sure enough, two scenes later, they yeah, explain, you know, oh, yeah, one of the you know the greatest American you know car blower. Um, but like the whole conceit of driving across the country while the police chase you and other people try to stop you to win a race to clear your name mm. is from what was I think at the time the most recent Need for Speed game that came out called The Run, okay. which was their whole Cannonball Run dealio, and the poster car. For that was that was the Shelby Ford. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Not like 
custom like in the movie but just the regular Shelby quote unquote regular Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then the one right before that was the reboot of Hot Pursuit which is the race at the end of De Leon with these supercars it takes place in what is essentially a miniaturized California where you've got mountains and you've got coasts and you've got forests Mm -hmm. and you've got towns and etc and you can either be the cops or the racers and do a whole bunch of different events and so those two chunks of events are straight out of the games the two most recent entries Mm -hmm. Um, the street race at the beginning is more Need for Speed Underground which I think is maybe still around there hasn't been an entry in a while there or whatever the most most recent just stock Need for Speed no subtitle reboot was Mm -hmm. and that's Need for Speed's origins you know the, the neon kit nighttime street racing sort of thing so right there you got the origins of the franchise and you got their two latest releases which they were still doing with one set of games made by one studio which was the Hot Pursuit the stuff the Daily On and one set of games made by a different studio which was the, the Run the Cannonball Run type thing mm-hmm. so they got their two newest here are the two versions of Need for Speed that we're selling they're going to put them both on screen here is our heritage and our mainstay mm-hmm. and they found a reason to string them all together yeah and it really works. well yeah. right and see, that's the thing with video game inspired movies where they seem to be typically bogged down by showing you what the game was like, right? Mm-hmm. And there's one moment in, in this that kind of took me out of it. It's right before the street race, you're in Aaron Paul's head, yeah, and he turns he to the right, the and right you kind right. of see the uh, driver's <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. point of view. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, is it going to be a lot of nods like this? And it wasn't, which was mm-hmm. happy. The thing about Need for Speed the franchise is that they've always sought to be a little more like games who try to integrate movie bits mm-hmm. and it really helped here to right. make the jump which is sort of kind of a holdover from EA's older days Electronic Arts is the publisher who mm-hmm. holds me for speed and once upon a time it's really weird to say this now in June of 2018 when they're the most hated video game company on earth and have been <laughs> for a few years hashtag battlefront uh, but um they they were really known for their cinematic qualities in their games and mm-hmm. especially they used to do full orchestra scoring for stuff huh. they were known even after that for their music even when they ditched the full orchestra scoring for their music selections being plucked pulls from real music that they put together and curated based on the atmosphere they wanted to cultivate for the game hmm. i was telling you joel a little bit yesterday to do with burnout yeah and how burnout had their dj guy mm-hmm. dj striker who yeah. would basically dj through the game for you and their snowboarding franchise had DJ Atomica, who DJed a whole different set of music because the snowboarding was different from the racing. Right. So, so, and the music just being one aspect of we're going to treat this with the, the respect that we treat movies, which other developers like Naughty Dog and The Last of Us have picked up on and helped bring to elevate games. EA has sort of fallen away from that. But um, in that sense, Need for Speed was well suited for adaptation mm. because there's all this stuff that just looks cool on a screen. Yeah. that looks so cool that it's it's fun to watch even when you're not playing because when the driver hits something and the sparks go everywhere right. it's ah oh, you know so they just said we're just gonna we're just gonna pack it full of that and they did um and especially with the i mentioned the two directions they're taking the franchise currently with the two different developers mm-hmm. the one doing the cannonball run type stuff their focus has been we want you to write a story that the player's going to be invested in and progress through mm-hmm. so they were able to just pluck that literally straight out of their game and plug it in here's your mustang get across the country get chased by cops get hunted down by other drivers clear your name boom that's the thing i don't think that there's there's nothing wrong with the narrative like and it's it's interesting to it the idea of the movie with one type of set piece defining it 
doesn't really work for anything but racing movies. Mm-hmm. The idea of because the game, race being game movies, game narratives are focused around leading you to things that are fun to do. Movie narratives have to be focused around leading you to things that are fun to watch. And they're not always one of the same. But mm. for racing, sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, because that's the thing. Like, when, if we're going to, I could bring it back to Bond, some sure. great chase scenes in Bond. Mm-hmm. But if a Bond movie, well, maybe now I just kind of want a Bond chase movie the whole time. But <laughs> the idea of just a Bond movie only having race sequences mm-hmm. or chases would not work yeah on paper and part of that was that need for speed the game franchise has such a wide history to draw from mm-hmm. the underground street racing scene the cannonball run desperate chase across the country scene the supercar street racers getting interrupted by the police chase right which were the three big races in the film and are all very thematically different yeah and you kind of get that sense of like the road warrior aspect of like the the pursuit across the mm-hmm. with the when bounties the bounty hunters and stuff come like you yeah. get very Mad Maxy vibes from that, which mm-hmm. is an, a whole other tone, I guess. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it works. It worked well. This is maybe the most successful video game a- adaptation movie I've ever seen. Adaptation, yeah, because I, I thanks to Wreck It Ralph, we now get to say that video game movies are great. Right. But video game adaptation, <laughs> video movies, game movie is great. <laughs> right. Are <laughs> have all kind of suffered um most recently warcraft oh i completely forgot about warcraft yeah and i mean that kind of get bogged down with the uh they try to integrate something that looks like gameplay where they do like the overview of the map view is a huge Mm. sequence in that and i I mean mean, doom in their first person sequence right what was actually pretty cool but doom and warcraft are great great examples in that the story takes the back seat in the games. Mm-hmm. It's their bare bones to facilitate you shooting more things or killing more things or whatever, which is fine for the games. But in a film, your film can't just be 99% action. There's, I mean, I, I'd love to see one, <laughs> but there's got to be plot. You know, it's it's like, just, actually, Bond is another good example because there have been plenty of James Bond video games, and not one jot of them contains any piece of swoon the lady or talk to your contacts and get info or play swoon poker. the lady is a terrible bond game idea <laughs> or, or whatever it's all drive your gadgety car and blow things up or shoot your way through infinite numbers right. of people which are not the parts of the film i mean they're great parts of the film but they don't make the film you right. know and that yeah so i just, I just yeah need for speed lent itself very well to that that transition mm. it didn't have the problem of let's come up with a story which is hard enough in any movie you know let alone an adaptation yeah I thought the first Resident Evil movie worked oh, really well oh yes I completely forgot about those that too. was yeah mm. I think that was early enough where it was before maybe not before but like I feel like there weren't as many horrible movie adaptations of video mm-hmm. games to really like spoil it where it was kind of like oh we're doing this oh cool it's a cool game oh it's a good movie it helps that the like, game plot is horribly <laughs> messy and complicated. <laughs> it makes no yeah. sense. So they were able to keep that yeah. in the film and have it still be a faithful adaptation. Yeah, and kind of like yeah. tighten it and be like, well, you know, this plot has to work as you are making choices throughout the game. Mm-hmm. But if we take that choice away, we can take the best parts of the game, weave it together, and okay, now it works because you don't, you know, you the player is not messing up the plot we've woven together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it works out well. 
there's a lot of great I guess practical effects throughout this entire film too mm -hmm. Need for Speed it's all when the cars crash and things yeah it, oh, either a lot of it is real or pretty indistinguishable mm. it, look, it just looks fucking cool it's, mm. it's like slow-mo is used really really well and the this thing made us jump. There's jump scares in this yeah. fucking racing movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we all missed out on? At no point did one of us say, Now this is pod God racing! God damn it! <laughs> Son of a bitch! Oh. <laughs> I'm really happy We're watching about it again. That. Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> I'm really happy about that because you meant you were involved enough in the film. Yeah. It's fair. Uh, yeah. yeah but there was never a point where it's like, I'm going to sit back and make fun of this. Right. It was just yeah. like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so can we let, let's talk about Aaron Paul in this? Yes, I love Aaron Paul. I yeah. think he's a really good actor. Yeah, but I think that the material that they gave him in this and the way it was edited made him seem like he could only do two things. I, he could yeah. be really, really sad, or really, really like awkward. I don't like, know how they got their cast. <laughs> and, yeah, and I probably you know corporate deals, but just in terms of this film, it didn't need the cast. You know, there isn't a role here. You that plug anybody so, in there, right? And and maybe Michael Keaton would be the exception to that. Even that, I, I'm not sure it needed Michael Keaton. You know, I, I don't. It think, did for me. Okay, <laughs> fair. Yeah, in terms of character, but in terms of like, you didn't need a virtuoso for any of these performances okay. as they were written. You mm -hmm. know, you didn't need someone who would, you know, you'd have their face on screen for 30 seconds and make the audience go through the full spectrum of human emotion. You, right. Just not. Just not this doesn't needed. Not. Not, not against the film or any of the actors involved. It yeah. just just wasn't that kind of movie. But we got so many interesting faces. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that we, like Aaron Paul, and he just we didn't need him. You know, he had the look, and he did great. I'm glad he's in it. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been. I mean, there's no one else I would have picked. I'm not mm -hmm. sitting here going, oh, you know. Yeah. But just in terms of, I wouldn't have. In the same way that I'm not sitting here missing Matt Damon or whoever else from Aaron Paul's role mm -hmm. I wouldn't have missed Aaron Paul if there had been someone else in the role gotcha. does that make sense yeah just say you're right about it doesn't require a lot from him but the whole film just doesn't require a lot from its actors it but requires a, a lot from the cards uh, but my, my <laughs> whole thing is like I, I respect the man's craft and I've oh, seen him develop a character I mean it, it was over the course of the whole of Breaking Bad that we certainly. got to see yeah. Jesse Pinkman evolve but I know the depth that that guy can reach and I mean, it's cool to have the brooding James Dean type. Like sure. that—that's a. But it, it was, it was uncanny valley territory for yeah. that. It felt like type an underutilization of, of the. the yeah, actor. it seems yeah. like if you get him, like let him, let's see something from. I mean, he looks great in tears and screaming. Oh God, he shows pain so well. It's that, so that's, good. Oh yeah, and it, that's I, I I don't know I would. A lot of it's just kind of him like looking at the girl. And then looking at the road. Yeah. And then half the time he's in shades. Right. And that's what I mean about, like, that's all we needed from the film. When they wrote the film and they wrote lead actor, name and caster to be decided. All we ever needed was someone who can look at the girl and look at the road. In yeah, terms of I, just what the movie But needed. that's the thing. Like, I can see glimpses But in... then they got Aaron Paul. It's like, yeah, oh. That's the thing. It's I, like, I, I, need to, I need to, you know, get from this side of the street to the other side. And they pull up a stretch limo mm. to make a U-turn for you. It was like, oh, okay, this was nice, but why did they print this here, you know? Are you saying that like, the cognitive dissonance is coming from the expectation of a greater performance from that vehicle? Yeah. Is that, okay, vehicle. 
pun. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. I it's and that was the thing. Like I was really excited when I saw this movie was gonna come out because it's like, oh, Aaron Paul gets a he's gonna have a franchise and we can see him build this character and then it kind of fizzled and I never saw it. And what's funny is I'm, I'm looking at his IMDb now. He stuck to TV. Yeah, because we the had path. we had Exodus yeah. Gods and Kings, which he was in. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's Todd and Bojack Horseman, and he's yeah. he's leading the path. I mean, damn, right? Yeah. Great stuff. I still haven't seen the path. Tim, you've watched yeah, that. Uh, two seasons, I think. I think they're on season three now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I started it, but I did take a break to get back into gotcha. some other stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, he's in that too. Scott oh yeah, of uh, really? Will Graham Hannibal fame. But yeah, no, he's obscurity. he's he's really good in that, and really, it's it's a different. Oh yeah. It was really weird How to see I... him in that after Breaking Bad. Yeah. Where he goes from being, you know, yeah, like this this drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, Mr. White Science. Yeah, yeah, and then and then to be like this this family man, you know, who's oh, wow. kind of like you know in in this 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 cult in this lifestyle. And and he's so you know in in the midst of this of this cult that he's in, what's really cool is they kind of explore the cult from not from this sort of oh it's a cult therefore it's bad and they're manipulating people like there are aspects of it, and some of the people within it who use to who choose to kind of use it in this very positive way and and sort of you know as a community and this this and that, and that's kind of where he is in it where it's just like yeah like I have this thing and it's and it's great and as you see kind of the people on top starting to become corrupt and manipulate the cult for their benefit he's kind of the one who is still like oh well this is this has helped me and this can help you and this this and and, and you know, he's this very pure character in that. Mm. and then i think you know like he actually ends up kind of moving and to uh, a position of power but um there's more validity to i don't want to spoil this for anyone who hasn't seen it but there's more validity to his move to power which is really interesting so it's not like him becoming a corrupt person. It's it's this whole other thing. But he, um, and almost I almost feel like sometimes in that show it's it's the other end where he almost shows like too much intensity sometimes, mm. and it's like I almost wish in that show he would kind of dial it back a little bit and save it, you know. Gotcha. Um, and I almost wonder if that's what the director said. Like you are saving it for this whole film except for this one scene when you're sort of you know your your little brother you know when. When he's in this wreck, like you've got to go full Dylan from nine hundred two one zero and the car with his dad in it explodes. Right. It's yeah, that and that sort of thing is why I felt like a lot of these these actors were sort of misplaced in this film, in the sense of I need to light the cigarette. Oh well, here's a flamethrower, and not oh hey I burned you to a crisp, but here's the flamethrower. We just did the little starter flame, and we lit your cigarette, and the end result is still lit cigarette. <laughs> but it's like, why did you, why did you, why, why did you get that? Like you gotcha. didn't utilize it to its fullest, right? So why did you go to the time and expense and effort to brand around? Right. Does that make sense? No, that, yeah. yeah. It's not a sort of malicious, oh man, Aaron Paul, or oh man, movie, or which either way, one way or the other. It's just sort of confusing to me. And I, I feel like, I, I think they cast Aaron based solely on the scene where he finally gets out of the Nazi. Den and he's in the mm-hmm. car and yeah. he's, dri- like he's that. driving and just like <laughs> everything That's, comes out of him. And that was <laughs> like, okay, this dude can drive with some fucking passion. Okay, yeah. let's. Th- that's our yeah. guy, right? Like, but then they wrote a role that required no passion. Right. Yeah. You know, is, is the issue? Yeah, you want to be right. James Dean, and that like he, he, 
he, he has short bursts. I mean, that's I think that's what it was. It's like that. It's James Dean. It's Rebel Without a Cause. It's this tortured, quiet kid who has these bursts of emotion. Mm-hmm. And the problem with casting James Dean is because n- nobody's been able to do James Dean post James Dean. Mm-hmm. Franco's been trying his whole life. Sorry, James. <laughs> it's not working. Dave's closer. <laughs> but, uh... He's going to come after me. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, one of the comments I want to make when you were talking about uh, what's the, the younger brother guy's name? Uh, the, the the kid who, the, like, who dies. Like, yeah, Pete. Pete. He was like the the Denny of this film. Oh God, Denny. <laughs> <Pete laughs> yeah. Um, uh. So it's definitely like, oh look, it's the dorky younger guy who's like super awkward. Who it's almost as if they got a ca- an actor to play him who's a little too old. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, you got to play gotta like dial five years younger. <laughs> yeah. That was the, the the whatever scene they started off with. They filmed first in whatever order with him mm-hmm. in it was. Cut. No, no. More adorable, endearing character. Yeah. Okay, go. No, no, no. More. <laughs> Let's make your hair a little messier like you just woke up from a nap. Yeah. No, bigger <laughs> smile. I will say, though, I'm never going to get tired of the sound and the visuals mm-hmm. in this movie. The the constant stunts and crashes and rolls and mm-hmm. even just the non, non-crashes, just the regular driving. It's just... Yeah. It's all just superb to watch. Mm-hmm every inch of it and it's not so maybe it's just because you know because Need for Speed and, and that experience but it's not so obviously fake as in other movies right there aren't issues with you know if you can see the driver you only hear shift noises when he's doing it mm-hmm. and then if you're outside the car you might hear shift noises but you can't see so you know mm-hmm. who knows and, and mm-hmm. there, there's a good sense of speed throughout the whole thing even though yeah. presumably because of safety measures and stunt people, you know, they're never going more than mm-hmm. a certain amount, you know, yeah. which was something I actually had a problem with in Baby Driver. There were two scenes in the theater mm-hmm. that when I watched it, it's something they did with the camera. I could see that the vehicle was going two miles an hour, even though it, it was the, made to look like it was going faster. Is it that first sequence there's in the alley? There's one shot in the first sequence, actually, yes, in the alley. Yeah. And there's a shot later. And it's almost like with the alley sequence, they did too much. Like, they set the cars up and did a low angle and did, okay, from here, two miles an hour will look like 200. And then someone else said, you know, it's a trick you can do where you move the camera this direction and it makes two look like 200. And then they did both and they canceled uh, each other out. Yeah. And, what, you know, I mean, what, I still, the driver was wonderful and yeah. there were two tiny nitpicks. But just, I didn't have that problem in this film. Gotcha. Not once. No, you definitely get a, a sense of the speed and the scale and yeah. the And the for stakes. a film that was, again, you know, low expectations because it was not meant to be so grandiose for that to be so tight is just it's surprising do we know what the budget was on this yeah let me look it up for you while you're looking up we need to talk about the fact that every fucking song in this is a cover (laughs) and I would argue a lesser cover I would agree although I also remember there was music in this film only when the music came back on. <laughs> the Fortunate Son, so they did Fortunate Son, which is originally CCR. $66 million, dollars, by the way. Wow. They did a lot with that. I mean, it almost all went into either the actors and the cars. Right. And then the stunts. Stuntmen and that timing. Okay. And that's it, which is why there was no budget left for music. <laughs> <Yeah>. Or writing. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Yeah. So CCR song Fortunate Son is done kind of in a R&B style, and then they the, the most egregious one, and I will not apologize for being this pissed off about it, was back in the saddle, in this like <sighs> slow country bullshit. Uh, so frustrating. Sorry, Aerosmith <laughs> fan, just bleeding over here, just dead, dead in a ditch. I'm really interested to see, and I'm sure our, li- our listeners have already heard it, but your rendition of a theme for this is going to be very strange. If you want to yeah. borrow the disc and listen to that menu music, which appears nowhere <laughs> else in the entire thing. No, I heard it once. At one point, it was, oh. I forget, it, oh, where oh, was it? Which, I, was paying, I think it was movie. like at the beginning of one of the, I think it was at nighttime. There's that music where like they're switching seats. Maybe that was There's a little bit of flourish of that uh, uh, symphonic theme stuff. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, no, the one I was thinking. Yeah, it was the more energetic where where I said it's the 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 same rhythmic pattern as um, America from West Side Story, but slower. Oh yes, yes, exactly. So you've probably already heard that in the theme. I'm sure that's going to find its way there somewhere. So let me. Since I'm on Wikipedia here. We have installments in the series, the Need for Speed series. There's only the one movie, all right? And if we only count games that came out before the film, which actually only really takes away three of them of the main entries, we get, starting in 1994, one, two, three, four, is that one going to count? Yep, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. There were 19 games by the time this film came Jesus. out. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great podcast uh, <laughs> bit right there. Let's count to 19. Hey. <laughs> um, count with this, us on Wikipedia. This, <laughs> this movie was the Avengers Infinity War of Need for Speed. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean about it. Like, they had such a wide swath of stuff to draw from. Yeah. You know, but they were able to to bring together. So, oh, it's the Needs for Speed annual, if you will. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. All right, so we can't go a whole podcast without referencing the other Fast Car franchise. Yes. Though this is not a franchise, as it has only one film installment. So I must admit, a, a sort a confession of sorts. I've seen the first Fast and the Furious. And at some point in my life, I saw Tokyo Drift, and then that's it. I've seen none of the others. What a swath. Um, and it wasn't that I didn't like them or anything. I think I watched the original... There must have been at least five movies in by then. Mm-hmm. Five must have come out by then. And then I would have watched Tokyo Drift after that. Maybe before. I don't remember. I was just... I was less into the idea of them. And in many ways, they were... This was what I wanted. Need for Speed was what I wanted mm-hmm. out of the film. Less plot, more racing. And the Fast and the Furious films, which seem to endeavor to have proper plots, and some of them <laughs> seem to endeavor I, to I have proper plots. I haven't seen enough plots. of them to say definitively. <laughs> that, I, did, I mean, the first one, you know, was exactly what you expect from a, you know, decent, you know, mediocre plot and some racing strung together. Um, but I've heard much better things about, like, say, Fast Five and whatnot. I, so. <laughs> It's just that, that that ratio is not what I want out of my car movies. Mm-hmm. So I've never been bothered enough to go hunt them down, if that makes sense. <clears throat> it was kind of like... The, that's my confession. <laughs> like, Need for Speed was like, if someone said, okay, I'm going to give you ice cream every 
you know, 30 minutes. <laughs> but in between, you have to sit there completely still. But <laughs> while you were sitting there still, like, you know, there was maybe some cool art on the wall you could look at. And you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. Like, yeah. I don't mind sitting here still in between my ice cream. Whereas um, Fast and the Furious, and I've only seen the first Fast and the Furious. <laughs> okay. so that Hold was on. Like, how Hold on. The, wait, Joel, okay. how many that have you was, seen? It, it makes sense that I'm the resident expert on the franchise. Yes, I've seen them all. Okay, Multiple good. times. Then you'll need to help us here. You'll yes, need to bring I <laughs> so, I'm waiting. <laughs> so Fast and the Furious was like, we're going to give you ice cream every half hour. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm like thinking, okay, yeah, like again, like, you, like your expectation yeah, is, well, expectation in between, is... I'm just going to have to sit here and wait. And instead, someone came up and kicks me in the nuts <laughs> like, while I'm waiting for my next ice cream. And it's just like, okay, like I like ice cream, but not enough to get kicked in the nuts in order to have it. <laughs> Like it'll help us. Give us legitimacy. The kick in the nuts was the dialogue. <laughs> Delivered and in that, the acting in that. Mo- okay, See, so that's my. You're, you're right. I, what I expected from Need for Speed was just other Fast and Furious. We might just have to have but a Fast and Furious episode to be able to just encapsulate. I'd be down. All like I said, it's not that I have avoided them. I just haven't mm-hmm. been bothered enough to seek them out. Yeah. Like I was like I went into the first one like okay I want to see this and and that, that was it like. So, I mean, I'm not going to go, wow, that, that I hated that. I'll keep watching them, you know. But, I'm, but, you know, if you can, if you, and, and you kind of mapped it out for me, like, okay, this one's bad, this one's pretty good, these are awesome because they do this, this, and that. So I'd be, you know, I'd be willing to, to go on that journey. You so know? It's, it's a franchise that didn't know what it was until 4. Okay, And 4 fair. was trying to get it to 5. So mm-hmm. 5 is when they figured it. Yeah, because figured I remember, I remember the, the praise around 5. Right. Yeah. I... I saw Tokyo Drift first, which I don't recommend. <laughs> it's Tina's favorite movie. It was very much. <laughs> is it the Superman time. three? Of... <laughs> it's it's in its own category of what what is what There's is. There's a reason yeah. it holds a devotion among Need for uh, Fast and Furious fans. Even yeah. low five and the rest have come and gone, and there's it's very much a part of its time. Oh God, yes, it's okay. I, I really like the Fast franchise, and it's as much ironic as it is pa- passionate, because Paul Walker, who I call generic Whiteman, because the dude fucking can't act, and I, it's it's sad that he's dead, don't speak of the dead, but the dude couldn't fucking act. I, I, it, it took so long to make that man believable as a leading man, and then he died. And then Vin just mumbled through every line of dialogue in everything and then you throw him against the rock and you're like there's no way Toretto would take this guy down at all mm-hmm. it like I said it needs its own own thing its own episode for me to rewatch all of them in preparation because <laughs> the tank's kind of empty ah tank pun <laughs> um <laughs> I emphasis on the empty mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> Name of your porno. Um, I I have a lot of affection for Fast franchise, but there's so much more of that than this. Mm-hmm. If if Need for Speed had become a franchise and there was more to draw on, yeah, I, I might it like it better for two reasons. I think that it was because it was successful. It made more than its money back. Mm-hmm. I'm not on the page anymore, but it made a lot more. But it was. I don't think it made enough more for them to want to go back to that instead of just keep making video games, Harry. Right. And it certainly didn't 
you know, knock Fast and Furious off of its perch. Yeah, hard Which pressed. it might have had to do because any Need for Speed sequels would be would have been in direct competition, much more direct competition. Because right. one on its own is sort of oh, they're gonna you know, do a different thing. <clears throat> Same, you know, in Man from Uncle, Jason Bourne, Taken, James Bond. They all Mission Impossible. They all occupy their own little little spaces. Yeah. Need for Speed on its own was able to do that to say mm-hmm. we're gonna do our own little thing. Once they start franchising, it becomes okay. You're coming after us, right. you know. What is this doing that yeah. fast? Is and I think that combined with the why don't we just keep making games, which right. we're good at anyway, you know. And they're not is, hurting is, financially that no, way either. Is part of the reason, you know, we, we didn't get any more. I want, I want, Aaron Paul to be in more things. Yeah, right. He's he's great, and I, I don't know what. And like I said, he's doing TV and he's doing great there. Right. You know, I'm just, just trying to think of like what a stuff. role I would like to see him in. Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to see him in Upgrade. Ooh. Yeah. Just in terms of the concept, mm-hmm. right? Like, that would have worked for him. Yeah. Yeah. What was neat about Need for Speed Two and its cars is that it didn't. Like, the cars are there, and there's plenty of eye candy and plenty of stuff for someone like me to just, you know, have a stroke come back to my senses just in time for the next car-induced stroke. Stroke means but, um, two things, listeners. <laughs> but, um, I'm two glad. Things. Thank you. Um, but they didn't, like, sit there harping on stats and names and words and vocabulary and That's crap fair. that you, you guys wouldn't have cared about or understood. Except for the tiny little Carol Shelby blur. Right. Yeah. There was nothing else about that that made you go, oh, God, car speak, why do I care? Mm-hmm. Instead, it's the garage door comes up, and you see those two Koenigseggs, and just looking at them, you can go, yeah. oh. They look like spaceships. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, and so then when they, they say, oh, it's the Koenigseggera, that's when I go, ah, 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 you know, and I sort of pass out for a while. But um, can we get Scott Scott you guys, meanwhile, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the one sentence. So that you guys can just ignore and keep going and keep watching the cars, mm-hmm. you know. And that was beautifully done because there's there are a lot of a show lot of glorious cars in this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it shows them all. So even if you know nothing about them, you don't have to. You just have to know that they look good and they go fast and they sound good. Right. I wanted to say, going back to what we were talking about, uh, speed perspective, mm. these had really great impacts. You really Ooh. felt what a crash crunch. happened. Yes. And, that, and they went on forever too. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't just like crash, okay, we're moving on. It was like flip, flip, smash. Smash, crash, flip, hit this other car, that other car crashed, keep going. It was just like, oh, oh my god, that car's not stopping. Like, right. it's flipping through the air and it's not it's stopping. It's a huge chunk of metal and plastic going a bajillion miles an yeah. hour, and that speed has to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully done. Mm. I mentioned, I, I'm sure I did, Joel. I mentioned at the end of the Godzilla bit, but at the end of this, there's the De Leon race, which is six monstrously unbelievable cars driving that are real cars. And of course, they didn't smash real Bugattis and McLarens. They just put a frame, a chassis, and some wheels on an engine, and then they got the prop department to make perfect-looking bodies that they lowered over them. So they could take these cars and actually drive them at real speeds and mm-hmm. actually smash them into things. And that's, you know, oh, it was the budget car. Yeah, you know, they put it together in the warehouse. Here's, here's number 16. <laughs> Do the t- scene again. See, and that's the thing, like, you reminding us of that. Because as we were watching, I was like, they... they- Tore these cars to shit. They That's did. a lot of money. And they really did. Yeah. You know, and, and it shows. You know. It shows that they didn't sort of, oh, pretend to knock over this Bugatti. I, no, they, they cut that thing in half. 
it's it's glorious. It pays. Which is a part of the reason they're showing Bullet on the drive-in movie theater in the background. Mm-hmm. Bullet is certainly a contender. I, I would probably say holds the best car chase in cinema. It's up there. I, I was going to ask. The things that are mentioned in the same breath are the French Connection. Okay. Right? And, and whatnot. And, but <laughs> that that's why of all the things they were going to be showing at the drive-in, it was going to be, you know, Bullet or the French Connection yes. or what have you. And Bullet also... McQueen's driving a Mustang in that and in San Francisco so when our film has a Mustang poster car and concludes in San Francisco there you go there's Tim, why but that's something know. that I was able to pick up on but that if you all weren't it doesn't matter right, right? right. it's just the thing that's in the background of that one shot right. yeah so it was a nice note a nice touch that showed they really put care into their film and Bullet they learned a lesson from Bullet the Bullet car chase is real the speeds are real mm. which especially for the time it was made was was really kind of a big deal. Mm, gotcha. um, so they, they took a leaf out of their book and said, if we're going to do it, it's going to happen for real. Mm. And it paid. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite street race or chase sequence in a movie, Tim? Um, I have seen a few good ones. I feel like... Is there one in Ronin? For some reason, I think... At the end, I can't remember. Like I, I feel like at, at years ago when I watched that, being like, "Oh, this was amazing," or like hearing that it had one of the best, like street chase scenes ever, and being like, "Oh yeah," but I can't, I can't remember the the, the scene itself. Um, Reloaded has a pretty good highway sequence. Oh yeah, yeah. That one, but, but it's kind of interesting though, because that one, like, you. It's almost extra vehicle vehicular right because it's not about yeah and I almost wonder if because like knowing as much I know about like the making of that film like you know where they where they built a set of a, a section of highway like a circular yeah. section so it's just it's not a real road they're just going around in circles and it's right. very it is very sterile there is way more CGI in it so it is um, it is impressive in a lot of ways but yeah, not in the same way that this is. It's it's almost it's almost more like the pod racing, where it's like yes, like you're you're showing me this sense of momentum, but I know those things aren't real. Right. So it doesn't have the same visceral effect. Um, and you know, like some of them were. And I remember going back and sort of watching some scenes, you know, like before they had the effects in, and you could see what's real and what's not. Um, you know, like the one where like Trinity's driving the motorcycle against traffic you know, like where it's basically there are a few cars on the road and then she's just swerving and then they go in later and add yeah. cars so that whichever way she swerves into, they put a car there so it looks more dangerous. Right. Um, and then a few of them you can really tell because there's one part where you like go under this truck and you're like, oh, okay, that, that wasn't real. Um, so, and, and like you said, it is very, very like, extra like it is more about the characters and how the people are interacting with the traffic and the fights that are going on at the same time um yeah so i almost don't really think of it much as like a chase scene you know i mean it is damn impressive when those two mac trucks just fucking like but then again the coolest part is like oh no how what's gonna happen oh here come neo comes flying in and saves the day so it's like you forget about the mac trucks like almost immediately you know Um, i feel like for me the chase to end all chases is from blues brothers Mm, that's a good one that is the chase yeah. <laughs> because they crash through everything they go through that mall 
everybody's chasing them. You've got just dog-piled police cars on top of each other. Like, mm-hmm. everybody wants them dead. Yeah. You were right, Tim. Ronan is one of them. I just, okay. for kicks, I googled greatest car chases of all time, just so it would God. give me movie and listings. Blues Brothers Blues. is up there. French Connection, Blues Brothers, and Bullet were the three that immediately came to mind for me. Did Ronan the, is on there. You were entirely correct, Tim. Smokey did, and the Bandit. It, yeah. I was going to say, I constantly forget stuff like this when we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I swear, yeah. if one day we start talking about great sci-fi movies, I'll give my entire spiel, and then one of you will say Star Wars, and I'll realize I completely forgot <laughs> Star Wars existed. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure there's, there are you know car scenes I've seen that I'm just forgetting about right yeah. now. Actually, yeah, yeah like Gone in 60 Italian Seconds... Show. That yeah, was good. Italian job, right? Um, didn't the first, the, the firstborn, I thought had a really had good a really one? good with the Mini Cooper. Yeah, yeah. I thought it said Jumanji. It's like there's there's no chase sequence in Jumanji. <laughs> Thunder Road. I mean, damn. Where is? Oh, that? we could talk Greece. Greece has got a great race. Oh yeah. I, the little Ben Hur oh, reference. It's a film Ooh. I just thought of that I can picture, but I can't remember the name of now, and it's not showing up in my random Google search. But um. I'll try to pin it down. <laughs> but, no, yeah. There, the point is there are a lot out there. But Bullet is a, is one of the ones I was mentioned, and its lesson was do it for real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Need for Speed learned that lesson. Certainly. Um, on the video game end of things, mm-hmm. part of what, what what I want to contribute is that, like, I, I don't play a lot of the newer video games because I just don't have time. No, yeah. Um, but back in college, me and my roommate would play this game called Driver, which yes, the Driver was, series, I yeah, remember that. Was. Which was like I think th- at that point, I I think Grand Theft Auto was only the top-down view where you had like mostly the cars and you could get like out. Chinatown. For those of but you it, who don't know, Grand Theft Auto Three was the first one to bring us right. into third person. So I think th- I think Driver was out before Grand Theft Auto Three. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so that was sort of the, you know, before getting into Grand Theft Auto, and then that took it over of, oh, you can get these different cars and get the cops to chase you, and in that sort of more more visceral, like, instead of the top-down, like, kind of either the behind or even the first person. Um, you can beat hookers to death with dildos. Yeah, see, and then and then it got away from the cars, and, <laughs> you know, it was rough. more about, you know, sniping people. and Oh, that's right, Saints Row, excuse <laughs> me. Yeah. But, um, Still yeah. dead hookers. Yeah. Just implements it different. Ladies of the night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but yeah, like Driver was sort of our go-to thing, and and you know as I as I said earlier, it was more it wasn't about sort of winning races or accomplishing goals. It was more about like the wrecks you could cause, the jumps you could do, um, you know how how long you could go doing ridiculous stuff before the cops chase you, and then once they start chasing you, how long you can go without them destroying you, and. Um, you know, and in that one, that was before, you, like, you couldn't get out of the car and get into a new car and keep going. Like, you had that one car and that was it. So it was it was kind of nice that it limited how long the turns were. I remember we started, we would start playing Grand Theft Auto 3 and turns would go out forever. Like, oh, this car is wrecked, I'm going to get a new car. Okay, my turn's still going. Okay, wrecked, this, okay I'm going to get out and get a new, okay, my turn's still going, still my turn. Whereas with Driver, it's like you had to try to preserve that. It was the perfect balance of... Okay, I've got to preserve this car, but I'm also going to do something really cool before I crash. You know, this very, like, you know, burnout rather than fade away kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Driver was another victim of. Um, I don't have a term for this, but it's a thing I've noticed as far as gaming. When the games industry was, especially the sort of PS2 era, mm-hmm. massive, 
there was room for multiples of everything. Mm-hmm. Just racing franchises, there was Need for Speed, Burnout, Driver, uh, right. mm-hmm. uh, Gran Turismo and Forza were one console stable or the other. There was a whole thing called Project Gotham Racing, actually, which might have become Forza. I'm not super clear mm-hmm. on the Xbox side of things. And, and you know, just there were racing franchises all over the place. There was the Demolition Derby game. I think I still have sitting on my shelf somewhere. Um, there was, you know, kart racers like Mario Kart. There was WWE Superstar just, Racing. Yes, what? yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> there were a Hell bajillion yeah. of them, and there was room for them all. And now there just isn't room. Mm-hmm. There's Need for Speed, Gran, Gran Turismo, and Forza, which are both console exclusives to their respective stables. And, um... Actually, I can't even think of another, another you know, multi-platform racer that's carrying, carrying the mantle of racing games, except for Need for Speed. Right. Because Driver is gone, and uh, Test Drive. Oh my gosh, I forgot about Test Drive. Yep, they're gone. And they've tried. Test Drive has had a couple of reboots. Driver had a reboot last console generation that was super successful, mm-hmm. but it just there isn't. The games are so much more expensive to make and time-consuming to make, and especially as the adult gaming market grows for people who still love to do it but don't have as much time as children Mm -hmm. there's just not enough room for there to be 16 racing franchises same with my 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 dogfighting game i love ace combat there used to be you know ace combat and tom Clancy's hawks and you know the weird maycross ripoff and giant robo fighting fly game and you know there's to be six billion of these things and now we're still waiting on the next Ace Combat. It's been like 11 years since okay. a numbered entry. Yeah. We had one spinoff in the meantime. Right. And I, you know, I think Hawks was filling the gap for a while while Ace Combat took its break. But well, that's it. If I want to just go find jet games, there aren't that many. If I want to go find racing games that are not, you know, these side tiny little bitty whatevers, like just main, where's a studio who's going to hand me my game? They've all fallen off. And it's happened to a lot of genres, not just to racing. But it happened really quickly with everything before EA Sports Games and Madden. Yeah. Right? Oh, sports games, for sure. We're down to, basically, to EA and and 2K. Yep. That's it. As the two ones who make competing entries every year. That's it. And there used to be, you know, 18 hockey games on the shelf every time a year Mm -hmm. came around. And I don't know how much of that is due to the changing in the industry or due to the way games are made. I, I don't know why. I just... It's happened a lot, and Driver is one of those casualties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even going back to, like, Sega Nintendo days, you would get... There's mm-hmm. a basketball game that's just Bulls versus Pistons. That's the whole game. There's no other teams. <laughs> I, it, 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 there's just, like, these weird, half-baked sports games yeah. that were fun. Like, that, I don't know. I guess Drive we Club, get. I forgot about Drive Club, but that's only got one game so far. <laughs> be interesting to see like the indie scene for racing games. What that looks like. I, I don't have any experience with any of the indies. Here's Wikipedia's best-selling video game franchises. No, Maddie. I thought that was racing specific. I'm sorry. List of driving and racing games, video games. Wikipedia has. <laughs> this is going to be a big list. <laughs> Mumblers read Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Collection of a thousand shows. Oh man, ATV <laughs> Off-Road Fury. Those were great, right? They're gone. Fuel. This is a one-off. Commits. Gone. <laughs> Blur. Blur is a good example because that was coming out just as the herd was being culled, and it was massively successful. But not enough to warrant a sequel. 
not enough to warrant a space at the table. Mm-hmm. But damn, it was good. You know, the Burnout series has been hasn't seen an entry since a real entry since 2008. We got a remastered version of that 2008 game recently. Right. EA is also holding that license as well as the Need for Speed license. And you'd think, aren't those games too similar? Don't they compete with each other? Well, once upon a time, that didn't matter. Mm-hmm. They just all came out and sold. You know, now it does. Everybody's just buying And so game. we've got Need for Speed and not Burnout. That was an interesting thing. I know. remember the, the makers of Driver actually did, uh, I think they did a sequel, but then they did Stuntman, which mm-hmm. part of the idea was that, was like you had you were the stuntman on a movie set. And they're like, this is what has mm-hmm. to happen. The car has to do this. You have to make it do this. And you had to do all these things. They're like, okay, you need to drive here. You need to get up to this speed. You need to do a hard left, pull the emergency brakes. Your car will flip over like this or whatever. That's um, cool. And yeah, so it had all this specific stuff, probably because they, you know, maybe they figured, hey, we can have this little niche thing where it's not racing, but driver isn't enough because now they have Grand Theft Auto where they yeah. can do that and kill people. So <laughs> and kill people. So instead, you know, we'll, we'll go series, in a different directions. There are so many on this list here that have just huge lengths of entries. Oh, Twisted Metal too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was and then they stop. Thing. They all fall off somewhere between 2008 and 2012 because that was just. There just wasn't room anymore for some reason. And uh, uh, there was a sort of a similar approach taken with film in some ways. You know, we got a lot more cheesy racing movies in the 90s and the 2000s, mm-hmm. but Fast and the Furious is the one that's still around. Right. And well, because that was the thing. Like, it was Fast and Furious, and then we got Gone in 60 Seconds. Yep. Yeah kind of contemporaries and then we got at the <laughs> I don't know how fast was able to get as many sequels as it did with the floundering that they did yeah. it's because basically Too Fast Too Furious is electric boogaloo like there, there's it has <laughs> very little connective tissue and then they go to Tokyo and drift and it's weird and it I don't know that that they just made a lot of dumb money. I feel like that that's that's the argument. Yeah, I don't know what like cuz like like you know, like I said I enjoyed Gone in 60 seconds. So I'm trying to think of like, you know, yeah, like I said, the size Is that an Angelina Jolie reason or is that <laughs> I, I don't even think so. I mean, like I mean, she was she was all right in it. You know, maybe that was she before had those I cross dreadlocks. Yeah. Maybe and maybe that was before I realized like how crazy Nicolas Cage was and now it, it's kind of like yeah, it's like he's like a novelty thing. Thou shalt not speak ill of the Lord. <laughs> That's high praise. <laughs> but like, put the bunny back in the box. Put the bunny. You can't put this conversational bunny back in its box. <laughs> Too late. Words out of your mouth. I derailed yeah, Sam. I'm sorry. so sorry. No, that's okay. I, I ran him the off the road. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that that wetness you feel is your brain jumping out your ears. You won't feel it for long, don't worry. Name your porno. <laughs> Gone in 60 I seconds. I love that we're making that a thing. <laughs> I, I'm just ham fisting it in there. Stealing it from Brooklyn. Name of my porno. porno. <laughs> uh, Gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Before I realized how crazy Nicholas Cage was. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to the Name That Porno series. <laughs> oh, God. 
Gone in 60 <sighs> seconds. Nick Cage is crazy. It, Not, Angelina Jolie dreadlocks. Yeah. I, I feel like Gone in 60 seconds was more made as, like, a, you know, a generic action driving car race, like... For, for for anybody, you know, kind of like you know, we were talking about like, oh yeah, like I'm not a car guy, but I like the car chases, right. you know. Whereas like, I think part of it too, like with with Fast and Furious, is it was meant, I think, for people who knew a lot about cars. Like, and I remember getting that feeling watching it, like that, you know, it's like, oh look, here's this car, and here's this car, and here's this car, and Vin Diesel says some dumb line, and here's this other car. <laughs> And it's like, okay, I don't care about the car, so all that's sticking with me is the dumb line Vin Diesel said. Um, We'd be remiss if we forgot about the, the scantily clad booty to the loud house music. That's that's a staple of the Fast franchise. Maybe you haven't seen enough to know that that's in every film. I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah no. I don't but, know, yeah. I, what's, what's Car jargon. Uh, interesting is that... For a long time, Fast and the Furious was essentially Need for Speed, the movie franchise. Hmm. Because it came around after Need for Speed was in existence already. Mm -hmm. And it was doing a lot of the same things they were doing. The house, the street racing scene, our street race at the beginning of the Need for Speed movie, with all the neon and the crowds, you know, was very early days Fast and Furious, Mm -hmm. which was also very early days Need for Speed, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it was only because Fast and Furious moved away from that, I think, that Need for Speed felt like they could step up and make something and mm. be in their own wheelhouse, not step on any toes, and then bow out again, you know. That's the other thing. It's like the early Fast movies don't have very aesthetically pleasing cars. The nice thing about yeah, Need for Speed was like, <laughs> every one of them was cool. Because mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of imports, like weird lift kits and strange and for like street racing it has ones. to be you right. know, which, which we see in the street racing Need for Speed as well right. there's that like beefed up hatchback right. and three you know restored 60's muscle cars right. and all but because that's you know hot hatches and tuner kits and whatnot right. is the scene for street racing right. but it wasn't the only thing that Need for Speed explored right. but it was the only thing that Fast and Furious explored for a while mm. before they branched out Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what I mean about I said earlier that you know for the cars in Need for Speed, I can see Koenig saying, "You guys can see rocket ship on wheels." Mm-hmm. Just because looking at them is enough. Right. Yeah. Also, I had I had just seen Ready Player One, Ooh. which had a, a pretty badass chase scene in it. So Ooh, that was yes. You mean at the beginning, the yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, the first challenge, that was and it was just amazing. Like, I mean, it, that was video game racing on the big screen. Yeah, beautifully, yeah. beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Like with all the, all the, the, the you know, the, the obstacles and the, the obstacles, yeah, things, and, you know, and like wrecking balls and a T Rex, and you're just like, oh my god, like everything about this, like, and I also remember thinking, like, overload. I could never play this game. I would just die. <laughs> this like, this would not be fun to play. And I'm like that with a lot of games, right? I like a lot of games. I like watching people play. Um, because it's like I get to kind of watch the whole thing and it's almost like uh, like watching a movie but it's like oh here you want to try and I just fall off a building or crash into the wall and start going the wrong way you know and it's just like it, it never it never works but yeah that was definitely like that it was like I want to watch someone who's good at this do this but I don't want to play this game I will die mm-hmm. also Speed Racer oh <laughs> the Wachowskis there was a Speed Racer movie I 
mm-hmm. forgot about that was one that came out and I meant to see and didn't get around to yeah and now I still mean to but I constantly forget about it yeah apparently it's better than it's reviews and it's critical. Like, you know, that's like, funny because even when it came out, my friends who saw it said it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Even though all the reviews I saw ripped it to pieces. Right. So even at the yeah. time, it seems to have been a disparity. Right. It seems that, like, it's, it's what from what I've heard, I haven't seen it either, but, like, the visual spectacle is pretty cool. Like, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my only thing with it, and I mean, I could see part of why the Wachowskis did it because they had already kind of pushed technology to this point and I could see how like it was almost like okay we like we put all this work and depth into the Matrix trilogy like we just want to do something fun but we also want to have this kind of reason for it and you know one of the big the big plot themes of Speed Racer is corporations are evil you know (laughs) and it was like you motherfuckers had me doubting all of reality for three films, and now you're gonna tell me corporations are evil. It was like, ugh. So, so like it, that 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 part of it was like disappointing thematically. But but again, like I don't think that's what they were trying to do. They weren't trying to go beyond the Matrix. They were just like they wanted a break from that, right. you know. Um, so I think in that sense, they had me doubting reality. <laughs> But like, but but yeah. But so for Speed Racer, like in the in the in the realm and the genre of like racing movies, like it was it was amazing. It was it was super fun. It was super, um, and you know for some reason, like I remember my mom talking about like, oh yeah, when you used to watch Speed Racer a kid. Like I have like no memory of that. Mm-hmm. Like I I wasn't interested in Speed Racer because it was Speed Racer. It was because of the Wachowskis, you know. So like, uh, apparently that was a thing from when I was a kid. I mean I know it's a thing, but like for me and. I think they they also, from what I've sort of seen of little bits of Speed Racer, they did a good job of kind of trying to mimic the, the high energy of it, of mm-hmm. that kind of anime, like, way that, you know, the, the way that the talking is done and the action right. is done, but in a way that was also not, like, jarring and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this, this really cool... I, I thought they kind of walked the line really well. Um, I mean, you couldn't normalize it too much because then it would just be like, well, now this is just need for speed you know like it had to be its own thing so it was this kind of like hyper reality kind of thing um but it was really cool you know especially in that sense having cars that could do things like i think one of the things they have is they have like a panel under the car so if you want to jump you just pull a lever and the lever thing goes down yeah. and just launches the car into the air yeah. like whenever you want to and i think there are certain times where they'd have to do that and then like flip the car over and the track would be like upside down and they'd hit it and then it would loop them back around That's so like there was all stuff so like that cool. that you would never see like in a set in reality type mm-hmm. you know car chase movie so um so yeah that one was really fun but yeah i saw that ages and ages ago but i remember yeah even back then again like i'm not a big car person but but this was really fun you know and and um you know, and they, they wove some interesting other stuff in it, too. You know, there was the whole, like, oh, well, he won't play ball, so we've got to stop him, and we've got to make him lose the race. And then there's Racer X, who's kind of trying to stop him, but trying to protect him. We don't know what his role is and all this other stuff. And, and I think in the show, like, you never knew who Racer X was or something. And I think in this one, they did have, like, a reveal and all this. But um, For some reason, I'm thinking, like, maybe this episode where he's, like, a clone of Speed? Maybe. Like an evil clone. That sounds like yeah. Speed Racer. That sounds about right. Yeah. 
monkeys the monkey. in the trunk. Yeah. The <laughs> but, but yeah, like I think if, Name if you sex tape, monkeys yeah. in the trunk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you got a big trunk. So I'm gonna put my bike in it. <laughs> so yeah, so I think if you if you go into the if you go into Speed Racer, not going. I love the Matrix. Maybe this will also <laughs> blow my mind. Then you'll probably love Speed Racer. <laughs> okay. How are we feeling? Sweaty. Yeah. Sweaty. <laughs> Indeed. So should we move on to situational movie recommendations? Yes. Scott, do you have one? I actually thought of one this oh, time. Oh, look at you! Ooh, yeah, yay. and this came from sort of... <laughs> Lay it on From real-world situations. Real-world situations. Topless. Podcast. Episode. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish you could see my face when I do that. I'm just leaning in between them. They're both leaning in front of me. It just... The name of your sweaty. porno. I need a camera. <laughs> you know? That's the, the recurring gag on the TV show. Is that every time that happens, the focus is on my face. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, so please, please Tim, lay so, on us. Okay, so what is your, your favorite movie to watch while you're, like, cleaning your, your apartment? So it's, so it's the type of thing where, you know, I like, like um, if, if, you, if you're not the type of person who puts music on, you know, where you want something that's maybe, like, a little bit engaging to kind of pull your mind away from what you're doing... But, but, you know, something that you, you're probably not, well, oh, I've never seen this movie before, and, it, you know, it's really engaging, so mm-hmm. I, it's going to pull me away from my housework. Um, so, do you want me to go first while you guys think about it? Yeah. Please. So, and this came from a real-life situation. There are actually two answers to this. Um, is, I'll tell you both is, of them. Is, is. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the first one was actually, this was before um, uh, um, Force Awakens came out. And I was like, oh, I really want to I want to watch the entire Star Wars trilogy. And I, actually, I think I might have even told this story before on the podcast. I mean, the, the, the Star Wars saga. And But I was like, I don't have time to sit down and just watch all these movies, like, completely. And I was like, I also... You make time yeah. for that. <laughs> and I was, I was also, I don't need to <laughs> sit down and watch all these movies. So I was like, oh, I know, I'll, like, I'll clean while I'm doing it. So like I started and I watched them in, in in episode order. So I started with episode one. This is where I had the realization that if you watch them from one through six, they get better. Yes. <laughs> you know, not four, five, six, and then go back and watch one, and you're like, what the hell? And I, so I think it's yeah, it's a it's a relative comparison thing because if you start with episode one and like kind of wipe your mind, have like a palate cleanser, and you're like Star Wars episode one, you're like, oh, I'm starting this journey in this new world. And here's all these things that are happening, you know. And then you get to three, and it's like, okay, that was definitely the best of the three prequels. And then you get to go into four, and you're like, oh, okay, like now I'm, yes, Hell and you yeah. just, it, the whole thing no, amps up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I started that by saying, like, okay, I'm gonna put on, you know, episode one because all I really needed to see is the Darth Maul lightsaber fights. So I'm going to go do some dishes and vacuum and this, this, and that. Every now and then I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's this part that's pretty cool. I want to see what's happening here. Okay, the Jedi are doing this. That's kind of neat. And, you know, oh, wow, Yoda looks terrible. Okay, I'm going to go back to the dishes, you know. And um, and I found myself, like, sitting down and watching more and more of them as it went through. So it was this kind of natural thing I discovered where it was it wasn't just that, you know, I forced myself to sit and watch it and I enjoyed it more and more. It was like I couldn't help but sit down and pay attention mm-hmm 
more and more as the episodes progressed. And then by episode four, like my wife came home and she ended up watching the rest, the four, five, and six with me. And by that point, I was just sitting down. So I guess it's more the answer is more, you know, the 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 prequel trilogy, you know, and 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 it's nice because it works out like as you're kind of finishing your housework, you're like, oh, I got to do a few more dishes. Okay, while these dry, I'll sit down and watch this. Or okay, I'll, you know, that type of thing. Um, oh, this scene isn't too interesting. I'll take the trash out now. That type. Um, and then the other one is, of course, the Matrix. <laughs> So, like, the past few days I've been like, oh, I have all these dishes to catch up on. So I would, like, sort of put... And that was a nice thing, too, because it's been on Hulu lately. So it's like <laughs> I just start it, do some dishes, and be like, all right, the dishes are done, and just, like, pause it midway through. But again, it's like, it's it's this comforting thing to have on in the background, just kind of seeping into my brain. And every now and then, oh, look, here's that cool part. Oh, that was awesome. Okay, back to the dishes. You know, but it's like I'm not going to miss anything, you right. know. Um, so. I tend to use television for that purpose. Okay. Instead of film. Well, this isn't television mumble, it's movie mumble. (laughs) Which sort of kind of leaves me without an answer, but then it doesn't. Actually, it's it's Batman movies. Mm. And that includes Batman v Superman, Mm -hmm. um, but also the whole The Dark Knight trilogy. (laughs) Um, Just because, yeah, I just, I know, I know them well enough. Mm -hmm. I enjoy, if there's a moment I like, I can stop what I'm doing and watch it and then just go back. And with the Dark Knight movies, I know them so well, I don't mind missing things. Mm-hmm. With Batman v Superman, there are just things that I just didn't mind missing mm-hmm. outright, you yeah. know. So, so yeah. And Batman's my favorite single character from anything ever, um, which is pretty obvious if you know me. Mm-hmm. So just having that around is sort of... He's been around my entire life mm-hmm. in one way or another. So having it on my screen while I'm doing work is a comfortingly familiar presence. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just because it harkens back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. See, when I'm doing the, like my n- not movie answer is The Office. That's constantly in the background when I'm doing stuff. Um, my TV answer is still Batman. Yeah, the animated mm-hmm. series. But that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I it's really hard for me to have a movie movie on and do other things. Mm-hmm. But when I have something on my phone. And I could just listen to the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I put it in my pocket, and they have like finished what I'm doing, and then sit and watch the rest of the movie. That's a, like Wes Anderson movies. Mm-hmm. Life Aquatic, I do that with Tannenbaum's. I do that with Good Budapest. I do that with also uh, Hateful Eight. Oh, mm-hmm. um, stuff that's pretty dialogue heavy, and just like listening to the interactions of. And it's it's crazy because both of those directors are very visual and very cool to watch. Mm-hmm. But I get enough of the the action of everything from listening to it mm-hmm. in the same way that I do from the office because yeah. there's so many different mm-hmm. dialogue mm-hmm. absolutely that makes that makes perfect sense yeah. yeah well it probably burns the visuals in your brain so much that you hear them and it like pulls yeah. up that image well, so you almost yeah. don't need to see it because I've seen them so many times mm-hmm. so much a uh, um Symmetry in your mind's eye <laughs> when listening to Wes Yeah, it's Anderson. easier to grasp. But that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't put a Jerry Lewis film on because right. it's all visual gag. Yeah. Like, if I'm not watching it, I'm missing it, right? Mm-hmm. That That's mm-hmm. that's the thing I, I combat with that stuff. It needs to be something pretty dialogue-heavy, and you can get yeah. all of the, the major plot points from just dialogue. Yeah. I like that. That was a good, was a good one. I did, one. I did good, it. Uh, Woo! Well I had one. Yeah. And... Uh, keeping up your keeping yourself on a roll here you're our next movie picker yes uh, this is our 
it started as our guilty pleasures cycle. Mm-hmm. But as we discussed the films we were picking, we decided it was going to be shameless pleasures. No apologies. We feel no guilt. No we notes. We feel no shame. <laughs> you know, there's no... I do have movies I think of as guilty pleasures. And there are parts of those movies that I don't like or that I skip. Need for Speed is not that. Right. I feel no shame about it. No, as, you as you do with Gods of Egypt. Same, same deal. Yeah. So it sort of underwent a change here. So you're... W- would you say your pick sticks to the original concept of guilty pleasure or that it falls in line with shameless oh no i think it's i think it's shameless i i sort of snuck it in with that because you know in sort of the the uh in the the realm of like oh yeah if we do this sort of guilty pleasures like okay maybe you guys would watch into that context but i (laughs) i still think it's brilliant and i Mm -hmm. think most people would disagree and argue with me and um you know and that's fine but it's uh yeah, like I think it's it's like start to finish, it's done well. Like whether you whether or not you like the main character, like I think of course that's going to like influence your overall um, enjoyment of it. If you can't stand to watch him on screen, but but the way the film is put together, like there's there's this perfect form, and like things that seem random are actually like called back to later and make perfect sense in the realm of the film. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, like to, to harken back to another pick of mine, like with Pollock, when you're talking about like abstract art, like if you're looking at a painting, you know, photorealistic painting of a house and then next to it is a bunch of like splatters and carpet tacks, like those two things together are going to kind of cause this like this, this, I don't know if there would be like a cognitive dissonance or a visual dissonance. Whereas the whole film is its its own world that makes total sense, and even the people in it that are that are meant to be more normal, like they're almost the ones who stick out as being abnormal because they they're you know it's it, they're experiencing this stuff and they're kind of not accepting it, but it's kind of showing that like okay like we we all kind of know that this stuff is crazy, but it's all working in its in its own world. Um, yeah. You didn't say what it was. I know. You yeah. still haven't. I haven't. No. So. Maybe he won't. <laughs> no, I will tell you. The film is Freddy Got Fingered. And notice how I said film. <laughs> I didn't call it a picture, though. <laughs> it's a fine picture. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a great flick. It's a strange reveal because he's been talking be about it to <laughs> us for months. Yeah. But not to you, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's strange to see him sort of reveal. Like, what do you mean reveal? We've known this for ages. Yeah. Like, oh. Um, but yeah, no. It's I. Th- and this is this is one from my blockbuster days. And uh, oh, we almost went a whole episode without blockbuster coming. I was up. saving it for this. Oh yes. <laughs> Thank um, you. But. <laughs> but yeah, and and it was one of those things where like I remember when it came out, like I was I was big into Tom Green at the point at that point, and it was like yeah, like. Oh, I can't wait Name for the he's got an actual. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, got me on board, guys. That's a that's a good one. That was a really good one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> came out swinging in my porno. Um, but but yeah, and I remember like kind of so watching. So you were it deep into first. Tom Green. Yeah, I was balls deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I figured I'd run with it. Um, 
And at first, I think even for me, it started off like that. Like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie because it's Tom Green and it'll be it'll be funny and whatever. We're laughing at you running with it balls deep. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And we looked at each other and we both started laughing and we read each other's minds. Oh, man. I have a hard time running, Brad. <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> because it was balls deep. It's Tom Green. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, yeah. None of this is useful. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Small> garbage. <laughs> uh, Freddy got fingered. Yes. Yeah. So our next our next film will be Freddy got fingered, and I am not apologetic about it. It yeah. it uh, that's the point. That's yeah. the whole point of the cycle. It was, yeah. not apologize for these movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I you know and, and you know like like what's kind of happened is like you know and, and again kind of going into it where it's like okay like this is in that same realm. Um, where you know, hoping you're you're prepared enough for it to be like, okay, like I know what a shit show he is, but and I think he wrote most of it. I think, but what what was really cool is like you know it was very different from his show. Like his show seemed a bunch of like random shit just kind of thrown together, and a lot of it I still thought was really funny, but it was it was random, and some of it was garbage, and it was kind of. Um, you know, just kind of take it or leave it. Whereas, like, this, it was, like, it kind of, to me, made me realize, like, oh, shit, like, when this guy, like, sits down and puts something together, like, it, it works. Like, it makes sense. It's not like, um, you know, it's not like two hours of his television show. Like, it's a totally different thing. Like, there are, there are real actors in it. Um, you know, like, <laughs> other other people and... And like the way they interact, and you you see like like for example like his his you know he has a, a a father in the film, and you see like the frustration in the father with like what an idiot his son is. So there's there's sort of an acknowledgement of like yes he's being an idiot. Like it's not this this bizarro world where everybody acts like this and it's normal. It's like here's this one like ridiculous person, but. He, he can go sort of like full throttle because you have the other people around him like kind of like what the fuck is he doing and you're like oh okay yeah like at least other people know um, it's kind of like I always had an idea like musicals always bothered me because everyone's like singing and like people don't do that and I had this idea where I wanted to have a, a musical where the main character never sang and just like looked at everybody like they were crazy like why the fuck is everyone singing and, and to me that was my kind of way of how it would kind of um, make sense to me you know and and I think that's kind of what what this this film does in a way. It's like by having these outside characters who are drawing attention. You know, he's not trying to normalize his 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 his, his traits and his actions, but but then again, his character is also consistent in sort of what he's doing, and everything makes sense to him. And it's it's a movie about being yourself. <laughs> <laughs> End of podcast. And on, on that ominous note <laughs> uh, we will see you all next month unless I don't want to cut you all guys off anymore yeah no, that's sorry great. I usually yeah. ask if there's anything you yeah. all want to talk about before I conclude things no, yeah, I, should, I should stop talking about the yeah. movie we haven't watched yet <laughs> yeah I, I'm glad you enjoyed it really yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes we will see you next month listeners until then uh, keep watching movies and keep having fun bye bye Hey listeners, we appreciate you tuning in for our podcast. We're now available on iTunes if you'd like to check us out there. We'd be glad to have you subscribe. We'd also love to hear your feedback, whether it's a comment, review, or anything else. You can reach us all through our official Nerds That Geek emails, which you can find on the bio page at nerdsthatgeek.com. 
Or if you can find us on social media, I'm on Instagram at Scott underscore W underscore Murray. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Joel T18. And on Instagram, I'm the Tim Gerard. And on Twitter, I'm at Tim Gerard. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you'll come back for more. Thank you.